Don't you dare change that channel. It's time to listen to Follow That Flannel. And we're back. Hello. It's Rosina. <laughs> what? And Alyssa. You started the last two giggling, I think. Because it's, again, feels embarrassing to do it in front of other people. <laughs> <laughs> we always have guests, though. I mean, it's always going to be in front of other people. I don't know. It feels embarrassing. And now I'm also extra <laughs> we'll embarrassed together. in front of my work husband. <laughs> Um, it's Wazina and Alyssa filed oh, that flannel. Follow that flannel. Um, how you doing? You're all, well, you're not that tan anymore. I'm not that tan anymore. The photos that I looked at and been reflecting on, I think it's really because I was dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little grimy. Right. Uh, on my, I returned from Cuba. Um, went from like last Monday to came back Sunday morning. It was awesome. Great. Historic. Historic. Um. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of what we're, this topic should be like. History trumps history. Yeah. Something like that. Because that's our theme. Why did you go to Cuba? Uh, we're going with Nina, who is running a triathlon. Um, she was on the show, yeah? No, Nina's never been on the show. Yeah, she was. Oh, she yeah, was she a- was. Um, she was on the Tangled Web We We. Yeah, lesbian about, but, connections yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, to honor the, uh, Nina's um, 40th birthday, she wanted to go to Cuba and also run a triathlon which she did not really end up doing because she injured her shoulder prior to this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, there's no way I'd even get near yeah. a triathlon, so, mm-hmm. y- you know, um, but she's for even getting close. But she said she'll do it in her 40th year this year, like complete one. Yeah. Um, and then I took a photo in front of every door I could find, every pretty pink, green, blue stone door. They're, I saw the photos. They're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um, and then other updates, just been like really busy with like coming out Muslim related stuff. Next week I'm gone again to do four talks in three days at UC Riverside, Harvey Mudd. Mm, UC, Harvey Mudd? Harvey Mudd School. It's just like a, like a STEM engineering school, hmm. which I did not know. Uh, one of the, it's part of the Claremont Colleges, um, in that area. Um, I'm secretly hoping that Reza Aslan will come watch me talk. Because he teach, he's a professor at UC Riverside. Did you send him a personal note? Oh, oh do it. I'll find out, like, tweet at him or something. Yeah. <laughs> tweet at him or you've got to, like, get, there's some kind of network where you can get to him. Well, he teaches there, right? Like I know, but, like, I'm sure he doesn't, like, check every email <laughs> that is sent to him. Um, he's got an assistant, I'm yeah. sure. And then there's that, and there's, and there's this, I made a list here of March 16th. I'm going to be on a panel about trans faith and te- theologies, like ideas that what would happen, what could be available for people. They thought of spirituality, faith, scriptures, and God, or a, a higher being, as already always trans. Um, so I've also been spending a lot of time <laughs> reading, what does already always mean? <laughs> Wait, can you It's like up? a postmodern thing. I have no idea. What, is, what, is, what do you mean by trans? So this, I, this idea of if we thought of like, a faith interest tra- and like trans, I'm using finger air quotes here, it, trans as like in evolution, in transition, shifting, evolving at all I times. Okay. And or for some that might believe that God is, is doesn't embody a gender at all, right? right. Um, everybody on this panel is either like a religious leader or something, trans. I'm like, you all know I'm cis and just like a person who just claims faith for herself. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. <laughs> I speak for everybody here. Wait, no. but what did you look up? What is already... Already, always. Already, always. Yeah. And what did you find out? I don't know. I can't understand it. This is why I didn't do philosophy. I dropped my philosophy class in college. You know, I had a philosophy class in college, and it was, the title of the class was called Imagination, Dream, Interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? This is the most like liberal college class ever. Yeah. So this is through the live arts uh, like 
thing. One of our students found a poster of me already in it, which is, I'll show you the headshot. Yeah. It's cute. Um, and then, I don't know. And then we'll do Columbia in March, Sunday, March 26th, et cetera, et cetera. What else are you going to do in California? I'm going Walk to... Walk of Fame? No. Chinese. Uh, I'm... Well, man Chinese. What's it called? I don't know. You take famous... your foot out of mouth. <laughs> no, the famous... I, I know. Man's that little... Chinese Theater, right? Or something like that? I don't know. Right? Yeah. Brody, we told Brody he can't talk, and now he's just nodding. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <clears throat> just trying to be compliant. <clears throat> um, I think I'm going, so Wednesday, talks are done Wednesday afternoon, and then after, I'm, I realized I had another book to Airbnb, Ugh, me which nuts. I'm doing that today. My girlfriend waited till the day before she left for Dublin to book an Airbnb, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was flabbergasted, I as I was to you today, just being like, you didn't book your LA trip yet? Are you I kidding am. me? I the first half of the week they booked for me. Right. So anyway, what are you up to? Welcome back. Um, thanks. I was home in Chicago, um, doing the family thing all last week. My sister's kids got me sick, as they normally do. <clears throat> um, which is weird because I feel like I'm around kids all the time here. Is there a different bug in Chicago that children carry that I'm not exposed to? Maybe it's a Chicago thing. Maybe it's like you're immune to all New York City germs. Maybe. Um, that's gross because there's a lot of germs here um i mean i didn't get sick in cuba until i came back and ate like vegetables here and i was like oh my god (laughs) my body hurts um but no i had a good time i mean we went to some trampoline place and i jumped on trampolines for like an hour um which at first i was like oh i'm just gonna vomit i can't like Mm -hmm. the first 10 seconds and then i got used to it and then the next three days i was so sore afterwards Mm -hmm. but it was really fun in the moment and I was actually really proud of my body for, like, not going in a traction or something like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Chicago was good. Went to some fancy places with my lady who had her mm-hmm. corporate card, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, hung out with my brother who picked me up from the airport drunk <laughs> at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> I was like, should I drive her? He's like, no, I got it. <laughs> like, All right. So that's how the trip started. Um, I still can't shake this flying fear. We yeah. had, like, a little bit... I flew in alone, and we had a tiny, tiny bit of turbulence on the way in, and I was, you know, by myself, so I was just putting on a brave face in front of all the strangers around me. <laughs> and then on the way back, they were like, you know, it's windy. It was Saturday in New York. It was crazy rain and wind, and we were flying into it, and they were just like, we're going to go around up towards Syracuse and come through, and we're going to have some turbulence. We're going to have all the stewards and stewardesses sit down. Um, we don't want them serving while we're flying in. And I just turned around because Lacey and I were separated, and I was like, I do oh. not like that. So she asked the guy next to me or next to her to move. And so I got to sit with her and I just squeezed her hand the entire Mm. time. And I, I've never had fear of flying. It's just this one stupid, horrible landing I had and I can't shake it. And I got pills for it, but I didn't take the pills. Yeah, Alyssa had a bad uh, landing experience on her way back to the, coming back stateside. From from Central America, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I had the drugs, but it almost felt too late. Like I got prescribed clonopin, right? (laughs) That's your toy. (laughs) Well, I kept saying Ativan, but I think that's ADD meds, right? No, that's Adderall. 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 <laughs> Is Ativan for allergies? I don't know. Maybe rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. These are all hashtags. <laughs> so, are all right, so Ativan. <laughs> Ativan. Adderall. Right. Um, clonopin. Clonopin. I'll figure out. But I, I don't I think it's stop. actual clonopin. I think I got like knockoff generic clonopin. It's which is Xanax in there for Xanax. Sure. Sure. Where'd you get this from? From my doctor. I just mentioned... Not from some guy with a middle name, The, <laughs> in the back of a club somewhere? Off a bumpkey. <laughs> His name was Dr. Love. What? Is that wrong? I'm sure that's fine. In the back alley, it was a club. It was fine. Um, but it just felt too late to take it when I was actually already scared. 
You know what I mean? Hmm. So I didn't take it. But I figured the next time I fly, I'm just going to take one and drink a glass of wine. You should also do that. Yeah. The thing I've heard people do is they go to their doctor and not only do they say, I'm afraid to fly, they say, give me Xanax, Uh period, in a conversation. She asked me if I wanted Xanax or Clonopin, and she said Xanax was like panic attack, like in the moment, you could take it, whereas Clonopin would be like a slow, like, I just start to feel good. And I was like, I want that one. (laughs) Because I didn't want to get to the point of a panic attack. Well, why not both? I don't know. Can you mix those? Do you mind? I... I'm can I grind them up and start them? <laughs> you can do that. I don't know. Shoot them up. Yeah. I know you can do that. I know people that do. do that. You, we also had a person we knew. Remember that they took a family member's clonopin by mistake and then had to be rolled out <laughs> in a wheelchair <laughs> from work. They, they thought it was allergy meds, right? They thought it was something. Yeah, they took them up and then they'd like put her in a rolly chair at the door. That's so scary, though. If you like, if you didn't know what was going on at first, and then you figured it out. At least, you, at least you have a reason why at that point. But otherwise, you're like, I'm dying. Like, what's going on with my body? Yeah. Oh. And then you were gonna be in a photo shoot. Yeah. So, <laughs> this friend who's a lead singer of a band um, texted me and said, "I have a friend who wants to do a photo shoot who's looking for lesbians." And uh, I thought you and Lacey would be good for it. So I just said, do you know any details? He's like, no, they're just looking for a gay couple. And I texted Lacey. I said, do you want me to pursue this or do you not want to do it? She said, as long as it's not porn, I'm down. So Did you say I want to show you off? <laughs> no. <laughs> Lacey, <laughs> Lacey's not going to fall for that. <laughs> um, do you want to give some background no, you can, you can. So Justin Bieber, like... Has a she couldn't stop playing the song to dance. One of the lines is like, I want to show you off. She's like, is that so good? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I was like, go ahead and use it on, on your on your lady and come back and thank me later. <laughs> I'm going to take video of me trying it on her. <laughs> Send it to you. Um, anyway, so I called about it. and It's, it's called Love is Love. And it's like um, the photo of the couple in Times Square um, after the mm-hmm. World War II ends. It's like the sailor kissing the woman, the mm-hmm. nurse, I think. Um, she wants to recreate that with a lesbian couple, a gay couple, a trans couple, a refugee couple. Um, I just my eyeballs <laughs> went to like so chimps that maybe wearing it like tattered clothing and a hijab. Like what is the what what? I'm not sure. I'm not in that photo. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> one other one I can't remember. Um, uh, maybe a couple of color. <laughs> maybe. Probably. Maybe or a straight couple. I forgot to say straight. Didn't they already do that? They already did it in 1945. <laughs> the, the original. Yeah. Well, we don't know for sure. But isn't the original, it wasn't a couple. Like, didn't some guy pull a woman? Like, it just was... Nobody knows. I read something a long time ago. Romantic. They were, like, trying to track down those two people, and they didn't even know. Like, it might have been staged, or I don't yeah. know. Um, hmm. Anyway, it's called Love is Love. Okay. It's based on Cute. the Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, speech after mm-hmm. the shootings in Florida. And they just want to bring... Mm-hmm. love into all these different issues that are occurring with trans people, with mm-hmm. uh, gay people, with the refugee, refugee immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, like all these people that are under fire under the new administration. Gotcha. Um, and then they're going to make a video of the shoot, like us Adorable. getting the pictures taken and then they hope it goes viral and stuff. I mean, who knows? Right. I just got asked and I said yes, because it seems like a good cause and it's only three hours on Saturday. She was like, sorry, I can't pay you. I was like, I did not expect yeah. to get paid for this. <laughs> That's not, uh, I never get paid for I just got much. a text from her friend who does not live in the country. She was like, when did your sister start getting fuego? Like, hot. <laughs> also, this friend is married. <laughs> fire emoji. No, they said fuego. No. Um, anyway, that's what's going on with me. Um, so, Brody already spoke, but do you want to introduce yourself? And 
who you are. Sure. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Brody Crawford. <laughs> I'm a teacher here with uh, Ms. Wazina and Miss Alyssa, as we call ourselves on the job. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, um, I think it's really I think endearing. my next school, I'm Miss Robbins, which is weird. Because you're your mom. Yeah, but I mean, I actually know, speaking of history, we're going to talk about some history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the history on that, because people keep asking me, why are you Mr. First Name? Um, apparently, the myth is, when the school first got formed... There was a fight amongst the half a dozen staff that existed at that time <laughs> as to whether to be, you know, professional with the names or not. And they tried to make everybody happy with this hybrid model of oh. Mr. and then Brody, which in my case, yeah. sometimes kind of, I don't know, has a little bit of a southern plantation ring to it. Mm-hmm. Like to mm-hmm. me, it's sort of like, I don't mind being called Brody. But not Mr. Mr. Crawford would be okay, but Mr. Brody, Mr. Brody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, know yeah. Maybe it's just me being hypersensitive, but. Um, um, it's funny to me that there were people that were like, just call me Brody. Because I wouldn't have a problem with that. But I think some teachers would be like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I am Miss or Mrs. Blah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't care that much. Mm. I mean, I've been called way worse names than Mr. Brody. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this. Like, you know, like, Alyssa and I have been like Dick Ryder. We get called that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never been called a Dick Ryder. I, I think have... I co-opted that from Nisha. Uh-oh. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've no, I don't know if I've ever been called that, a which Dick is strange. Mm. Um, I mean, what exactly does it mean? It means you get on their case or something? I think it yeah. means, yeah, like, mm-hmm. jump off my, my nuts, kind of. Hop off like, these nuts. Yeah, hop off these nuts. Mm-hmm. Kind of back off, like, mm-hmm. you're on me too much kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and were you founding teacher? Yeah? Uh, no, I came in uh, as a career changer uh, in the school's second year. And I started off teaching seventh grade humanities, which is what the curriculum was at the time. Wait, what year was um, that? 2009? 2008-ish. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because when I met you, you were te- doing seventh grade humanities. Because I taught seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, I did that for four years. Oh, okay. And then um, once we got in eleventh grade, I moved up to mm-hmm. what I do now, which is eleventh grade American history. Um, and also, I teach twelfth grade econ and government. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Um, so we just decided, or I decided today, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we would do a little name that historical figure game. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know what theme song this is? That was cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alyssa is. I wish I could make it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so good. It's, I mean. There were no history questions on Family Feud. No, but it's a good theme song. That's but true. I was going to say that Wazina could answer this. And video could answer this um, in Jeopardy form. Because I know that. Lazina's obsessed with Jeopardy. So you could say, like, who is, right, Um, as your answer. Because it's all name that historical figure. Mm. Are these questions based on, like, stereotypes of historical teachers and history teachers? Because there are a few things about me that are not stereotypical. Like, I never have Band-Aids in my classroom. (laughs) My handwriting sucks. Mine's Mm. terrible. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know a lot of dates and stuff. No, no dates. Um, just, just yeah. name the person. And I, right. I also, I will say this when I was looking it up, I looked like, I literally just Googled like famous historical figures and, um, it was mostly men. Right. Mm. And then I'd have to like, be like, well, mm. let me look up famous female historical figures. And then all these other ones came up and I was like, why can't they be folded into your George Washington's? You know, you're like the same way we, we have, you know, the sports team here at the school. You're like, they're, yeah. they're the Eagles. No, they're the lady, lady Eagles. Eagles. 
Yeah. There's a uh, yeah. That, there's all kinds of artificial differentiation like that, especially in like in social studies. They, for convenience' sake, history is broken into all these different categories and mm. stuff. And one of the things that's really annoying to me as a teacher is the use of these kind of historical archetypes mm. rather than um, maybe a different approach when it comes to teaching individual like contributions to mm. movements or whatever. Like we usually call them upstanders, you know, like mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Harriet Tubman is awesome. She was 100% baller historical figure. But there were hundreds of people just like her doing things very similar Mm -hmm. to what she was doing, but they don't get mentioned. It's all Mm -hmm. sort of just kind of gathered up into the Harriet Tubman story. And there's that one narrative. Mm -hmm. But there are so many different layers of narrative that we could be equating ourselves with, be it the contribution of women at any one time. Mm -hmm. Um, But for whatever reason, because of, you know, convenience or the way our brains work, we separate these things out. Like, oh, it's Women's History Month. Like, for this Mm -hmm. month, we will talk... About women. We will go out of our way to talk (laughs) about how women have been half the society since humans have been here. (laughs) Like, that's very surreal when you think about it. Um, Harriet Tubman came up on my list of people, but I was, like, you know, trying to get out of, like, your typical choices um, i hope i was go. successful maybe not what let my people go <laughs> let my people go um but there were still articles about her replacing andrew jackson on the 20 and i remember that being a thing last year but then there was huge pushback for it mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's actually still happening i hope it is uh do you know who our president is <laughs> i no i missed that what happened let's just why do we not mention it so that it doesn't get his attention yeah yeah, yeah. um because we are the what if donald trump listens to our podcast what if he's that desperate for any news he just googles himself and he comes up he's a hashtag write it down put a hashtag i I want to treat him like i treat the idea of tinkerbell let's not give it any attention (laughs) don't clap your hands don't believe don't say his name three times Um, all right, so, Rhoda, you call it, whoever gets the correct call. Wow, you're like, this is serious. Yeah. Right. So I figure um, I'll give the question to you. If you can't get it, then it goes to Wazina. Now, mm-hmm. hold on. Is and there a prize or something? What am I getting? Uh, I'll buy you a beer someday. I have to run after this, but. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, easy, it, I'm easily bought. Heads or tails? <laughs> heads. Heads it is. All right. So I'm first? What yes. does that mean? Yes. All right. So basically I'm going to give you a like a Jeopardy style answer and you have to say like who is blank right <laughs> do I get a lifeline or anything like that do no. I get to reach out <laughs> no. No? can't call my mom um, or anything let's All start right. kind of simple this is, this is kind of simple okay. this person's theory of relativity and their work on the atomic bomb make them one of the world's most famous scientists who is Albert Einstein that's correct Yes! Killing it. I'm sweating extra. And I've been sweating up in my classroom all day. My armpits are sagging. All right. All right. So now, wait, do I get to just interrupt if I know, like a buzzer? No, I'm going to give you, I'll give you, I'll count in my head. These rules seem very vague. All right. Also. <laughs> Our podcast. We're also in the basement of a, cl- of a school building. This in is what a, was a crying this room. This was my old soundproof crying room from back in the day. <laughs> Okay, uh, the leader of Soviet Russia during World War II and into the 1950s. Stalin? That is correct. 
Damn. I'm intimidated. She didn't even have to think about it. The male version of the male part. I was like, where are all the women? Yeah, where are the women? You just got done complaining. You guys are doing good. By the way, I took a quiz that was very simple in my mind, but it said that I was a history all-star because I only got two wrong. You're all star. Wow. Hey, no. Was that on Fox? Or? It was on like Bumble something. I don't know. Okay. It's not a good quiz. <clears throat> okay. An Argentine revolutionary who was a key figure in the Cuban Revolution. Oh, this sounds, this seems unfair. It's okay. I've never even been to Cuba. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Can Sorry. I take this one anyway? Yeah, this is yours. Well, Zim's going to hate me. No, Zim, oh. Who is Che Guevara? That's correct. You know his middle name is Lynch, Che Guevara Lynch? He's, or because his, his mom's family's from uh, uh, Ireland. Oh. Huh. Yeah, and his dad used to say, the blood of Irish revolutionaries, rebels run through my son's blood or veins or something like that. That's I'm, interesting. I'm pandering to you. That's interesting. <laughs> Actually, I don't know of any Irish in me. I'm every oh. other kind of white uh, guy. Yeah. Welsh, I'm not English, Irish and Scottish, hmm. I think. I'm very white as well, but no, I am. <laughs> um, actually, I just saw a protest um, photo exhibit of Japanese protests uh, during Vietnam mm-hmm. um, and how Jap- Japan got involved with the U.S. and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so there was a lot of rise up and there were so many pictures of Che Guevara mm-hmm. in Japan just as their rep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, your turn, yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay. A mathematician, logician, logician, cryptologist, and computer scientist that helped the Allies win World War II by cracking the German Enigma Code, <gasps> was later convicted of indecency for a budding romance with another man, and was chemically castrated in 1952 for that crime. Crap. I'll give you... Mathematician? Half a point. Kinsey? If, if no. you... No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you half a Not point. Not even close. If you know the mad. actor who played him in the movie. The movie oh. just came out recently about him. A movie just came out recently about him. Yeah. I don't know. Don't look. Do you want to guess? You tell me. Ugh. Um, don't look. I can't. I was looking. I didn't I say I knew. I was oh. just making fun so of Wazina for nothing. <laughs> 50s cracking the shit. Played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Alan Turing. Oh, I don't um, know that. Yeah. Interesting. T U R I N G, yeah. It's oh, like one of the most car? horrifying stories. I mean, he did. Really? I'm he basically helped us win the war, and then they treated him like a pariah in society. Where did this happen? Was this in England? Yeah, he was English. Yeah. All right. A little different one. You have to finish this quote by a famous person. Famous historian. Now, wait, this is me? Yep. All right. The unexamined life is. God, these are so hard. Not worth living? That's correct. Emily Do you know who Dickinson? said it? Is that right? It was Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> close. close. Not even close. All Two right. points for the, the giving credit. Yeah. Pulling in some feminism in there. Uh, okay. I was going for the easy point there. All right. Known. Three, Brody, one, was. Mm-hmm. This labor organizer and activist co-founded the United Farm Workers in 1962 to improve conditions for migrant farm workers. Um, I know this site went to the museum oh. in California. Si Puente. Come on, Moses. Chavez, Chavez. No? No. Is the woman? Yeah. Um, Huerta. Huerta is correct. Yeah, I'll give Huerta, it to you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you should take a point away from me because I got it wrong. You didn't even you didn't get it. I butted in. And said, no, you didn't uh, get it wrong. Oh, it's, it's okay. <laughs> this is, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> There's not, yeah. I thought we were playing for a beer here, you know? There were rules. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not competitive. <laughs> <laughs> this Democratic, wait, whose turn is it? I don't know. I'm, ne- I'm getting nervous. Oh, I'm you failing just quit. Just so you, it's, 
This Democratic politician was the first African-American woman elected to Congress and in 1972 became the first major party black candidate for president. Who is Shirley Chisholm? That's correct. I saw her right outside your door. Yeah. 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 She's one of my faves. Um, She's from Bed-Stuy, actually, here Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, this one's a little questionable, I feel like. This okay. isn't necessarily a historical figure, but I saw this quote recently, and I just love this person, so we're just going to go with it. Fair enough. I'm going to give you the whole quote. you got to tell me you've said it. Okay. Okay? The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Is that, like, Sharpton? <laughs> <laughs> like Al Sharpton? Who is it? No. Uh, close. Do you want to guess? I, uh, can I get a hint? Um, this is obviously kind of a little bit more random than the usual. Yeah. Uh, I think I deserve a hint. Nine to five. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh my Dolly God. Parton. I my head just like tilted. I was like, <laughs> I was going to say Lily Tomlin, but it had oh, to be one of those two. Yeah. 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 Al Sharpton. Close though. It's true. Yeah. You're almost <laughs> I was going to base on Rainbow Coalition or something like that. I don't know. Stuff he needs, right? Um... So what's our score, Alyssa? It's four to two. Oh, four to two. <laughs> All right. Nick Trash talk now. I know, I know. Nicknamed the Maid of Orleans. Uh, this persona was a national hero in France at age 18. They led the French army to victory over the English at Orleans. Captured a year later, they were burned at the stake as a heretic by the English and their French collaborators. Is it me? <laughs> uh, who is uh, Jeanne d'Arc? Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Joan of Arc. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. I was trying to be all pretentious and pronounce it French. Yeah, great song I was like for tonight. Orleans. <laughs> Orleans. Great or, song for your uh, big my big mouth strikes again. Because they talk about Joan of Arc. Oh, yeah. I don't know that one. Oh, Last one. The first African American to win an Oscar. Oh, the first. Oh, she played Mammy for Gone with the Wind. Yes, I, we just. Oh fuck. Can I get that anyway? Because I got that part. The role she played it for. Sure. Um, or half a point. I, I give you a point. I should know her. I just watched. I saw. What? Well, who is? What's her name? Hattie McDaniel. Hattie. And the Oscars mm-hmm. just passed. So, mm-hmm. what a shit show that was, huh? Oh my gosh! I didn't even it. see it, but I heard. I heard. What happened? They, they got the wrong up. envelope. Yeah, or somebody gave uh, the last presenters the wrong envelope, and they announced the wrong movie. But they actually just announced it because it said they gave them Best Actress. So they just saw Emma Stone and La La Land, so they just mm. said La La Land because that's what was on this there. This reminds me of a, a certain election fantasy that I've had <laughs> I recently. You guys, we screwed up. Yeah. Hillary actually won. There are a bunch of great Oops. memes about hey, it. Sorry, actually, guys. Sorry, Our Obama's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> We've decided to do the FDR move, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be here for the next 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Um, so uh, we've mentioned it before, but the topic is history and government, and... Um, what I wrote here, like, and I'll just read it because I think I wrote it pretty. Eloquently. You did. You wrote it really nice. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, was, uh, this made me super nervous about coming <laughs> on. Actually, was like, oh my gosh, this is like NPR well, it's something that caliber. I, yeah, I mean, I keep hearing over and over again, like, this is unprecedented. Like, I've never seen a president do this before. Um, I mean, it's dismantling policy that Obama put in place rapidly. I mean, triple the time that people were dismantling policy before, hmm. uh, leaving his cabinet pretty much empty, and then filling it with people that are unqualified. Um, and I always try to put on, like, historical perspective of, like, the 70s in New York was a terrible, terrible time, right? Like, Nixon resigning and, and mm. you know, everybody after 10 years of, like, dealing with JFK. So reeling from, like, that and the 60s mm. and that amount of change. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I'm selfishly looking at this time period because I'm living it and saying, like, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. Or is it repeating itself in some ways? Like... 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be, right? I mean, it can't and, just and be... And not just, not even American history repeating, right? right? Like, even the way, I was just talking about this with a friend, like, how, what he's doing, like, even, like, questioning media or, like, controlling media is, like, one of the things Hitler did. Mm. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, they, uh, does not yeah. yeah, I mean, um, there are some, let's face it, pretty striking parallels between what we see here, not total parallels, but there mm-hmm. are many uh, commonalities between... The rise of, say, the Nazi Party, but mm-hmm. you could name a million other examples. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot. You could even just stay within American presidents and say, okay, what defines a divisive or controversial president? You need to figure <clears throat> out what the standard is. Um, but in terms of what? Um, being controversial, I mean, George Washington. Mm-hmm was one of the first mm. to cause controversy over giving executive <coughs> orders. He was the first one to kind of do that. It wasn't known as an executive order. Probably one of the most famous examples is, you know, the holiday Thanksgiving. Mm. exists on November 26th because in 1789, George Washington gave a executive order or a proclamation, that was what it was called at the time, mm. to establish that holiday. And at the time, there were groups of people who... Objected to it. We still do, right? Uh, I <laughs> right? personally am not a giant fan of it. But um, especially what it became over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in 1789, and a lot hadn't happened yet with regard mm-hmm. to Native Americans and so forth. I guess we already had some information. but mm-hmm. um, And there have been presidents that were ridiculously controversial in many ways. I mean, Andrew Johnson, who mm-hmm. wasn't really elected, he came in after the assassination of Lincoln, right? Mm-hmm. Um immediately pardons anybody who fought for the Confederacy, um, including its leaders. Hmm. That was one of his first moves. Executive order. Uh, Well, he was from... You guys are cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, basically that's what happened. I mean, he he inherited a very Republican Congress, which at that time was radically uh, pro-freedmen. In other words, the freed slaves. Uh, They were not the political party we have today Mm -hmm. called Republican. Um, but they were they wanted to punish the South for having done this awful thing, mm-hmm. this rebellion, whatever it was, the secession, if you want to call it that. Um, they wanted to basically take the plantations away from the white Southern leaders and give the land away for free to the freed slaves, um, the so-called 40 acres and a mule thing. Mm-hmm. They created an entire federal organization called the Freedmen's Bureau to establish schools and do all kinds of uh, outreach programs to help these freed slaves become productive, educated members of a democratic society. And Johnson came in after Lincoln. Uh, He'd been vice president. Abraham Lincoln picked him because it was kind of like a conciliatory Mm -hmm. move. He Mm -hmm. was from Tennessee. He was a Democrat. He was very, I won't say pro-Southern, but an apologist (laughs) for its culture and its way of life at that time. And he immediately wanted to sort of slow down that process of reconstruction that had begun against very much the wishes of the Republican Party that dominated Congress at that time. He destroyed the Freedmen's Bureau overnight. He pardoned Mm. all the Confederate soldiers. Um, He did a bunch of stuff. But I think one of the main differences we see today with Trump, for example, is uh, the one thing that's different. And we've always had here and there presidents, especially at various moments in our history where Certain things have occurred. Wars. I mean, the fact is we've spent most of our history in some kind of war or another. Right. 
Um, and when those wars come to an end, there's always a certain return to normalcy mentality, a certain reactionary mentality of wanting to go back to normal, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happened to a lot of women's rights over the years. Um, when women are suddenly allowed into the workplace, it's not because the white male leadership mm-hmm. of this country woke up one day and decided to play fair. It's because they needed to fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in that's any case, their own. I know. I, that's yeah. exactly right, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, yeah. Well, tell me what you think, but like, what's mainly different now is like the technology of it all. The media is so much more fast paced mm-hmm. and so much more fragmented today mm-hmm. um, that these things, these these to us shocking and disturbing mm-hmm. things that he, our president, is doing, is happening in such rapid, such a rapid pace. That you almost feel like you're sort of, you know, drinking from a fire hose of like shocking, yeah. controversial stuff, and you don't almost don't know what part of the, you know, you know that the patient is sick, but so many systems are failing yeah. Yeah. that you don't know where to start. Like and, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I think even like when George Bush was in, like right when it was elected and selected twice, whatever, and I remember mm-hmm. like felt very similar, but I also wasn't, and to, you know, Twitter, like a Facebook, I wasn't social media wasn't what it was where you got like bombarded with like the like the real time live time like updates like mm-hmm. this is happening this is happening this is happening um mm-hmm. and I, I also I think yeah. another aspect of the media now that didn't exist prior is just the fact that we have so many different outlets mm-hmm. that we're now in a culture where people only really regularly tune into ideas they already agree with right you know, if you look at how we behave online, most of us have to admit we don't go out of our way to Mm-mm. find websites put out <clears throat> by people whose ideas we disagree right. with. And isn't it structured that way? I mean, aren't you on some kind of like spindle that's like this right. person it's only not being wants pushed to see as. this algorithm? Yeah, algorithm. Yeah. yeah, the news spindle. isn't being pushed yeah. <laughs> when you're weaving. <laughs> yeah, it's not because our news is no longer packaged for. A general public, right? Mm. Um, it's very much more opinion based, mm. and yeah. it supports yeah. whatever mentality we already brought to that broadcast or that news story or whatever it is, and it allows us to. Sometimes I think it enables us as individuals to kind of forget that what that's like of being around ideas mm-hmm. we disagree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you look at what's happening to just First Amendment rights right now, yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of people have internalized this belief that like they only need to support freedom of speech for ideas they agree with. Right. That's yeah. not freedom of speech. Yeah. You know, like Hitler believed in freedom of speech for ideas he and his pals believed in. Yeah. So did Stalin. You know, yeah. so did any other autocratic leader that's come along. Well, I think <clears throat> what people get really upset about is, like, where do you delineate between freedom of speech or hate speech, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Milo Yiannopoulos, or whatever his last name is, who just got let go of Breitbart. Like, he was being deemed on campuses like Berkeley, who protested against his speech to say, this is not freedom of speech, this is hate speech. This mm-hmm. is speech against mm-hmm. societies of people and, and, you know, pigeonholing them and disenfranchising them, and we refuse to have this around us. Now, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time delineating that line as well, mm-hmm. because if somebody's eloquently talking about how Jews are terrible, right, I can say, like, I think that guy's horrible and I don't agree with him, but does he have the right to say that? Like, mm-hmm. 
I, I really have a hard time with that. Same thing with freedom of religion. Like if a bakery in Ohio doesn't want to make me a cake for my, me and my wife's wedding because we're gay, I think mm-hmm. should they have the right to not do that? Maybe because it's their bakery, but also like you are infringing on people's civil rights to get a cake. <laughs> right, and you're also <laughs> you know, and like business exercise that freedom. That serves like the public. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and then but then my then my fear would be like how or how this is a snowball right. like and then then uh, then when so if that baker doesn't want to serve you and your wife a cake, then what's the line like then what if they don't want to serve I'm not getting getting married to a woman I'm you know if I'm a person of color that they're just like not interested in serving that day like right. how does that end up going? Well, the public idea is really interesting because I was reading about like all the public programs that FDR put into place in his mm-hmm. like unprecedented four terms was it? Uh, he had four terms. He was in from 33 to 45, so... Around four terms? Not a math teacher. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Yeah, long time. Long yeah. time. But he put in a lot of public programs that exist still today, and the idea was that the public would be invested into itself, right? That, like, school systems would be... Inv- like, as a public, you would be invested mm-hmm. into this public system. Mm-hmm. Um, unemployment insurance, right? Like, we mm-hmm. as a public support those who are unemployed. I mm-hmm. think our idea of, like, what a public is now is my people, right? Mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. support me, but right. I don't want to support mm-hmm. those jerks over there. They're not working. They don't deserve it, right? yeah. me, uh, me and my friends, yeah, my friends are unemployed. Or, yeah, I've collected unemployment in the past, but I didn't ask for a handout. Those people are asking for handouts, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's an us versus them where there's not an investment into the entire public community because mm-hmm. it's completely fractured at this point yeah. because of hate speech and free speech. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that a lot of this oversimplified uh, and emotional and visceral and let's face it, hateful rhetoric that's being thrown around uh, has created a situation where we don't even see the people that are even inside our sort of self-defined circle of empathy, mm-hmm. right? Like there was that story about uh, recently where this town, I guess, I can't remember what state, maybe Ohio, I'm probably going to get it Let's wrong. Let's just hashtag but in any case, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. In any case, it was a small town, mostly Trump supporters, like the kind of town where Mm-hmm. You know, there was a Trump uh, banner on every front stoop. And then they came and arrested an extremely well-loved immigrant member of the community. The South Asian man? Uh, no. That's I think one. he might have been uh, okay. Latino, maybe Mexican. Oh. I don't know. I think I know your heart. And the community has had to suddenly face, like, oh... This is what. Oh, you met him. This is what I was <laughs> uh-huh, just. Uh-huh. This is what I was just shouting for in the in that rally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is the face of the people that I just said don't belong right. here. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. He was right there in their circle of empathy in their right. so-called community. It's funny because I've been thinking about empathy gaps as like something like what is like happening right now like yeah like what is the disconnect between yeah and just pretty much like an empathy gap so I because I hate the love is love idea but I'm like but what is like. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, you love Trump's whatever. I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, in order to get to love, there's something else. Like, that's not even a goal. Like, but there's, like, where and how do we cultivate empathy um, so people can see, even inside their circles, who it is, who does make up my circle. My circle isn't always that homogenous, actually. my mm-hmm. It's much more hetero, you know, like, and it's diversity or more, or, you know. So I've been thinking, mm-hmm. like, how do we fill empathy gaps? And to your point, like, yeah. maybe you don't even know. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. not so homogenous, right? Yeah. Well, Until I mean, it's like, oh, wait, 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 that guy, I like that yeah. guy. Yeah. It's not about who you see. It's about who you, for whatever reason, don't see. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has, you know, these blind spots they go through yeah. life with. And, you yeah. know, everybody has them. And 
trying to live your life in a way where you are equipping yourself to see them when they happen right. is a start. Right? right, and it's painful um, to start seeing all that too. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not an easy process. I struggle with mm-hmm. that personally on my own in my own life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, like FDR was one of the first leaders to start to create this notion of us as Americans, you know. Right. And not only that, but like he spelled the sort of like what everybody probably thought at the time was like the final death blow of any notion of like this idea that a pure profit-driven, unregulated economy was ever going to be good for the majority mm-hmm. of the people living here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that's happening now with all this deregulation and all this stuff, like, this is not new. This is something that's been tried before. Right. You know, like, make America great again. Like, can we can we get a point on the timeline you're talking about? <laughs> the last time this kind yeah. of economic model was tried, there were children working in coal mines and, mm-hmm. you know, women were dying and pointlessly avoidable factory fires right. on a routine basis. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Speaking of women, <laughs> um, one of the other things I thought about was how inclusive, and you, you said the New York March did not seem to have the same kind of inclusivity, but yeah. in D.C., um, the march after Trump's inauguration, there seemed to be a lot of, um, a lot of different platforms and I really enjoyed seeing that. I really enjoyed seeing, like, women speaking about uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter yeah. and mm-hmm. immigration and the potential, like, Muslim ban, which hadn't even happened yet. You know, all these different platforms were coming forth. And there was a, a lot of diversity in the crowd, which I really respected. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's not the case traditionally in most movements, mm-hmm. right? Like, in most marches. Um, for instance, like, the gay, like we talk about Stonewall, we talk about the, the gay <coughs> rights movement, that was mm-hmm. primarily white men, right? Um, or there were wh- some women white men involved. who co-opted like where and who started the Stonewall Rebellion, right. black trans women, right? right. But then it got co-opted. But then it got co-opted. Now it's co-opted in, in terms of who, like the grass tops of these mo- organizations, right? Or, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, the civil rights movement. I mean, you know, Bayard Rushton was left off. Well, he was one of the front people on that front line, mo- yeah. front line, but on that movement, but was left kind of in the shadows because yeah. he was openly gay. And like, women were kind of involved, but it wasn't really about women either. Um, right. Same thing with the women's right movement, suffrage movement. Like, mm-hmm. black women were left behind. I mean, it was like yeah. that's too much for us to take on, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. to add? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like because the question here was like even attempt like how do we teach this? How do we talk about this? How do we even encourage our the young women we work with to be like this is your this is your movement and there's a place for you in this and just having how, like how do we like how do you I don't know, like incite or inspire or in, let them know like this is your movement and, and you have to like get involved or like are you do you feel like the girls have been really upset right like by the presidency yeah, and that I sort mean, of thing I think um, one of the things I've been struggling with a lot. Um, and this is really nothing new, but it's way more pronounced for me now, uh, with the mood of the country and what's going on is how do I, inside my classroom, how do I help to address these things that are going on Mm -hmm. and are about them, whether they see it that way or not? Um, especially in a situation where I'm being given great inducement in times to be opinionated about things, you know, um, I'm not there to um, 
train a bunch of young women to go out and do what I think they ought mm-hmm. to be doing. Right. And that's, you know, a top-down thing, right? I, I'm, I'm not there for that. What I'm there for is to teach them how to find for themselves ways to make the world a better place in whatever way makes sense to them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so mostly I focus on skills like using facts to defend your mm-hmm. opinion and things like that that are kind of going out of fashion in the outside world <laughs> these days. Um, but as far as joining movements goes, I mean, there's plenty in American history to get angry about. And one of the things I've always uh, struggled with and feel so challenged with, and part of why I have the best job in the world, is figuring out ways to not only engage them in, in, in identifying an injustice or mm-hmm. something that was going on at a certain time that in many ways connects to today, mm-hmm. but to use that knowledge to figure out that, hey, this is about me too. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be up to me as well as anyone else not to let it continue or not to let it be forgotten or whatever, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as women of color, they are way more, they, they, they are tuned into that in ways that mm-hmm. sometimes even I don't recognize because I'm so busy like getting them ready for the reasons or whatever, right? <laughs> um, but that's what, I mean, I'm often, I'm, I'm regularly shocked out of my own blindness in that way. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, and here, but I, I, I've always respect the, how the rapport the girls have with you, um, and while they know that you're a white, you know, cis man who, right, but they still, like, and there's, but because it's, there's a genuine connection between, like, you and the girls generally, I mm. find, um, and it's, because maybe because you do own, like, because I think a lot of times in their world, people do play this this role of like I'm colorblind or all these things, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you do own that, and I think that's important for them to to have like to see that. Mm. I mean, can you talk one to, of my favorite things is when Tommy Laren was on uh, oh. Trevor Noah, and she goes, she goes, I don't see color, Trevor, and he goes, well, What do you do at stoplights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> what an idiot she is. To me, it's no use pretending that that kind of thing doesn't matter. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean. They carry with them all kinds of yeah. blind spots and yeah. baggage and stereotype stuff about me. Like when the election was going on, a lot of the students would come up to me and be like, you're voting for Trump, right? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. well, why do you think I would vote for Trump? Right. Like, you know, like, I do this job. Like, <laughs> you think I do this because I'm an eccentric millionaire out to protect, <laughs> out to protect the, the world of privilege and power that exists? You know, Um yeah. So there's that. But I think uh, maybe part of what I try to do, and I, I don't really, I'm not going to pretend I do it consciously on a day-to-day mm-hmm. level, but like, you know, even if you're different than someone else, that doesn't mean that they they can't necessarily be your ally mm-hmm. in fighting for what you want or mm-hmm. fighting for what you deserve, you mm-hmm. know. And I represent for them a physical example mm-hmm. of a system that has consistently left their kind behind, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I'm there to teach them how to navigate that system so that they can yeah. evolve it or, or maybe even destroy it and replace destroy, it with yeah, something better. I personally tell them that in September every year. <laughs> it's a sort of motivational speech that yeah. I try to give. And, uh, Let me teach you, you know, how to riot. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't say that Read exactly. Against the machine. It's like, you know, like it or not, you're going to graduate into a world run by people who don't think you matter. Right. And... The best way 
to show them that you matter mm. is to use their own system right. to make them not matter. And the only way you can do that is to learn how it works. Nobody ever got taken seriously just by yelling and name. Co- oh wait, never mind. <laughs> let me, uh, let me read yeah, but they, that was a white male, so get away. Oh from right, that. right, yeah, yeah that's that's right. true. That's yeah. an important um, difference. For me, I've always uh, like this came up recently when we went to go see um, the film about um, hidden figures about mm-hmm. the w- women who worked in the NASA program, and I. I asked them, did you relate to those women more as women or as black women? And they said, mm. oh, black women. Mm. And I, it, it kind of evolved into a, a discussion about Hillary running. And I said, did you not have any identifier with her as a woman? They were like, no, she was a white lady. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I thought that's so interesting to me because for me, I was like, the first woman president, right? But for a lot of them, they were like, oh, so? It's not Barack, right? Yeah. Right. Um, they yeah. were more aligned with the race side of it as opposed to the women's side of it. And I, I, underst- I mean, I don't understand entirely, obviously, but I... I can kind of understand where they were coming from, but I, um, I think that might change over time. Like I, I think mm. the woman thing might become more prominent, or it'll align itself more. I don't mm. know. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, think politically, it was so interesting to say like, oh no, I don't identify with a woman. I identified with the black guy because he's black, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, I had a one of the, one of these sort of like blind spot moments that I had where I finally saw like something where I was not. Mm-hmm paying attention is like right after the election I came in and I was kind of like okay uh you know I'm so upset about what happened um I know you are too we got to talk about this right you know whatever and a lot of my students for whatever reason but reasons that I came to find later were a, you know mm. gave me a revelation it's kind of like well this is just the same old this mm-hmm. is the same old shit, what's you know, that? like, yeah. what's going on? You woke up this morning and somebody that hates you is mm-hmm. in charge mm-hmm. of the country? Wow. Yeah. Good for you, Mr. White Man. I'm so <laughs> sorry you're so upset that you spent That's... six hours feeling the way my race has, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, felt for the past mm. 300 years. Yeah. That's, and that's I fought, caught myself in the middle of that. Nobody said that to me, but I was kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm a dick, you know? Yeah. That's <laughs> well, really like, profound. The same thing was said, uh, I heard about the women's rights movement, where Samantha Bee was like, all we needed to get white men involved in the Black Lives Matter movement was to involve like their issues as well and, and knitting. <laughs> Some kind of fun knitting activity. Let's knit pussy hats and we can go scream Black Lives Matter because mm-hmm. now it's about us as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just my, you know, healthcare issue or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, what was unique about the Washington March then? I mean, you were getting back to that. You were talking about, like, how that sort of segmentation didn't seem to be occurring. Mm -hmm. Like, what was different? I mean, I just, I felt like there was many platforms represented, yeah, which I, mm-hmm. yeah, but, but that's not what I heard across the country. It well, was we only in DC. Ha- we didn't have speakers here, right? There was no right. speakers. I mean, it was a very diverse march, I think all across all the different cities that had half sister marches, but there wasn't a, there wasn't literally like speakers and like ways to, you know, to like literally, there's no people just like marched. They're like, oh, I guess it's kind of anticlimactic. We just marched to the Trump building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, there was no nominal group facilitating things yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of just right. yeah it became much more organic yeah. that mm-hmm. way and i think huh. it was a nice it was a response it wasn't you know like i think that's what was beautiful about the marches it was like it was a simultaneous like taking up mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. upset arm you know like mm-hmm. metaphorically whatever but like and 
a protest to the what had happened the day before the inauguration. Right. I think that was like more what I think was powerful about it. I think a lot of movements might have started off in much that same way. You know, like I think about Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even I, I wasn't alive for it, um, but you know, maybe the peace movement in the mm-hmm. Vietnam era started mm-hmm. off as a lot of different kinds of people agreeing on a couple of fundamental things mm-hmm. that they wanted to see change and no one group necessarily all of a sudden taking charge. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to those movements is that over time it became more and more difficult to make that transformation from protesting against something that they thought was wrong with, well, what positive thing do we all propose to do mm-hmm. about this? Right. I think that at that moment is when movements have their moment of, you yeah. know, yeah. reckoning, ha- so yeah. to speak. I don't know. Which I don't, I think we have that this time around. Yeah. I think more and more there is, like, we know what people, I, yeah, I think there's there's a more of a platform, and or this was an attempt, like, these are the things, this is what we're for, this is what mm-hmm. we stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah. I hope that, like, I mean, we're in the beginnings of it. It's very new, yeah. I, so. I mean, like you said, we're drinking from a fire hose of bullshit, so <laughs> yeah, it's been like, wait, what am I, am I for, like, yeah. do I put us for global warming now? Or, like, yeah. I yeah. don't know where to go next. Like, yeah, there's I mean, so much Keystone Pipeline, like, you know. Yeah, and we're all, we're all in our lives, you know, and part of, you know, what kind of underscores our need to kind of, like, look for alliances and look for our own blind spots as right. we go forward in this climate mm-hmm is that we are up against a well, a fairly well-tuned network mm-hmm. with vast resources to just pump this shit at you mm-hmm. all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much chaff being thrown out that, you know, I mean, what's unique, I think, about the Trump situation, and I'm not going to say anything profound here because this is what everybody's saying, is like, they really have mastered the art of, like, just distracting the public from mm-hmm. the shit they don't want you to know about. Right. I mean, nobody's talking about the fact that he still hasn't given us any meaningful tax return information. Not anymore. Which means I'm not going to buy all this in a year. No. Yeah, right. I, am, I want the return. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, you know, all this, all these revelations, these so-called leaks that keep happening. I mean, who's benefiting from all these leaks that make the press pay attention to something else anymore? Mm-hmm, you know, right. like... I don't know. Seems yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. You know? And it's certainly nothing new. Right. You know? I mean... Um, well, one more thing that we can flip to from an end the news is yeah. uh, Trump's... Now, what I was confused about, because so this ban, the, the ban on using the correct bathroom based on your gender identity for students in schools, it doesn't change the Title IX ruling, right? So it's they still have this right, but it definitely, like muddies the waters in terms of what school's obligation is because the federal government is no longer like enforcing it or sustaining that rule right they're no longer like we are behind this act Mm -hmm. and it does uh, it like extend to transgender students so it definitely muddies the water title nine is still in existence and it still is present but it doesn't necessarily federal government's not backing the extension to transgender students um, I knew nothing of this. I literally was like, did something happen to transgender people? I was like, <laughs> so that's what happened. So right. he openly, so Jeff Sessions, as his first act, so important as attorney general for this to be your first act, is to revoke the rights of transgender students to use the bathroom based on their gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, uh, this was in Huffington Post. Research shows that trans students encounter high levels of discrimination and harassment on campuses. Uh, Association of American Universities Campus Climate Survey and Sexual Assault and 
sexual misconduct uh, found that trans and gender nonconforming students experienced greater risks of sexual assault, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, intimate partner violence, and stalking than any other campus group. In 2015, U.S. Transgender Survey, the largest study ever conducted of trans people in the U.S., nearly one quarter of the college student participants who were out or perceived as trans on campus had been verbally, physically, or sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that they are going into bathrooms and harassing people when the exact opposite is true. And mm-hmm. I saw a meme or something that's, I think actually Margaret Cho wrote it. It said, um, it's not about bathrooms any more than it was about water fountains, right? It's not about us using these mm-hmm. facilities. Nothing's going to go wrong. Mm-mm. It's going to happen, right? But you just want to separate this mm-hmm. group of people from society and Large, yeah. and and mm-hmm. just treat them as second class citizens and yeah. that's well the water fountain comparison <laughs> is totally apt yeah. mm-hmm. you know i mean like whenever a federal program is going on it's there it was put there for a reason right so mm-hmm. a federal program to protect any one group mm-hmm. be it transgender or, or african americans or anybody or gender yeah it's there because their rights are being denied to them mm-hmm. they are being uh, excluded from you know, mm-hmm. their citizens' rights or constitutional rights in some way. Which is why right? all lives matter can suck my dick. <laughs> right. I mean, give me a break, yeah. right? But, like, you know, whenever you, whenever a federal program designed to defend the rights of a certain group puts its hands up and says, ah, you know what? The states can do what they like. I mean, we, we know what that's... We know yeah, we what know that what is. Done. Yeah. You yeah. Know, we, we've seen that. Which is mm-hmm. why the states are voting blue consistently and red consistently. Like, mm-hmm. the people that are in those states who are infringed upon rights or mentality wise you know they're Mm -hmm. leaving and fleeing to new york or chicago Mm -hmm. or bluer states because Mm -hmm. it matches their ideals and then we have Mm -hmm. just complete (laughs) like nobody in a red state is hearing our point of view and vice versa Mm -hmm. like right i'm not talking to people in kentucky about how they're feeling but Mm -hmm. their whole reasoning behind these kinds of things be it you know expiration of the voting rights act or or this or anything else is kind of like well, this isn't a problem anymore, so we don't need okay. to have it. So I was like, if this then, isn't then, a problem, then, 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 then yeah, like... Well, what is it doing? He's not <laughs> putting money yeah. into it. Yeah, like, yeah. if there's no problem, then, like, why are you removing... Yeah. Why are you removing what would stop anyone from starting it up again? Yeah. Kind of thing. And, you know, right away after the, the Voting Rights Act expired, a lot of southern states started passing all these, you know, like, ID card yeah. laws yeah, yeah. and yeah. so forth to... You know, quite, quite obviously, uh, obstruct voting. Yeah. Right? To her credit, Betsy DeVos, the nominee for education secretary, Department of Education head, she voted against it. She said, "No, let's keep these protections." And Jeff mm-hmm. Sessions overruled her the along with the president. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, we are running out of time. Oh. For almost like fifty-seven minutes. I know. Already. So we, we like to cap it off with an mm-hmm. earworm or a song. All right. Um, now, wait, how does this work? Think, you said you had some ideas. Whatever you want us to play, there's one song we play at the end, and it's your choice. Yeah. You can, if you have the song in mind already, you can talk about why, then we'll, then we'll like, put it on at the end. It's, it ends oh. it. So we'll be like, bye, and then the song will you play. Really have, you really have to play what I say? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is so Believe power. me, I played some songs, and I was like, really? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you've, been, you've handed me so much power. Yeah. What because I... Brody is, you like, your musical stuff, I, I really like and respect as well. I think, cause we, it, like, oh. I think in high school we would have been friends, that's why. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, we would be Not like, now. <laughs> yeah. um, well, now we're just can, work wife and work right. spouses. Right? It, it yeah. can relate to the topic or not. Well, I mean, you know, also, you invited me here, Chris. Because I'm your work wife, too. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. She's, she's bisexual at work. 
And 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 Polly. And Polly. Obviously. Yeah. And I'm a lesbian trapped in a man's body and now I'm jealous. <laughs> I don't like how this is going. But Spectrum is right in this room, guys. <laughs> but I'm here for history, so I feel like I should keep my theme going, right? Mm-hmm. Um a cool one that I remember is it's probably considered kind of an oldie because I'm oldie. I want to go with uh, a song called Ping Pong by one of my all time faves, Stereo Lab. It's oh. on mm-hmm. an album called Mars Audiac Quintet. Oh, God. <laughs> it's on iTunes, right? It's on Spotify, okay. iTunes, whatever. All right. Do you okay. have to, are we plugging them now? No, I'll, have oh. to, I'll just have to buy it. Aww. <laughs> I'll write it off. Yeah. <laughs> My $1.29. I'm sure no, the good people think... at Stereo Labs Record Company won't mind if we We're just... Like, Guys, we made three cents. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, right. the other thing about this is it gives me, like, I, when I have to buy a song, it exposes me to more music. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I hope you enjoy okay. it. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, dude. Thank you. We'll come back the next time we'll talk about anything else you want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, and I, I feel fun. fired up, mm-hmm. ready to go. All right. Is that a song also? That's the Obama story. Oh. With that lady being like, fired up, ready uh-huh. to go. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many positive memories. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I'm already in the crying room now that we're talking <laughs> yeah, about we are the Obama. The angry, angry crying. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Smell you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.